So if you have a question or if we have read something or spoken something that you're not too sure according to the topic, then we will answer that. So if we're talking about a certain topic and you want to ask another question based on another topic, just see me after church. Amen. So that way we maximize the time and we don't get uh, lost in what we're going to be teaching about. So these last couple of months, we have been talking four weeks. Sorry about that. Respecting the process. Amen. So tonight we're going to learn what wisdom is all about and where it begins. So Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, whoever has it, you can read it out loud. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Mick. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy one is understanding. Someone else has another version of it? Amen. Anyone wants to read? Out loud. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Okay, if you have a Bible, I want you to highlight that or, 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 or memorize that scripture. Take a picture of it. It's very important that you understand what I'm about to teach you tonight. Because this is what's, what's going to help you develop a relationship with God. And many of, he, of us here today have a relationship with God. And some of us have lost sight of our relationship with God. And some of us don't even have a relationship with God. So my job is to give you a better understanding of what is a relationship with God. So tonight we're going to learn how to cultivate a relationship with God. Okay. So according to Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now when most people hear the word fear, they think about being afraid. Amen. Scary. No. The word fear in the Bible, represents reverence and respect. Reverence and respect. Okay? When you have reverence and respect for something or someone, you honor everything about them. Many of us need to understand that God is committed to us as long as we're committed to Him. God will defend you, and God will be there for you as long as you abide by what he has established. Now, there's room for mistakes, and there's room for improvement, so don't hang yourself, amen? But there are things right now, at this point in life, that you know you shouldn't be doing. You shouldn't be afraid of me. You should be afraid of the one who sent me. And many of you sometimes built that mindset, oh, as long as pastor's not seeing me, as long as my wife is not seeing me, as long as my husband's not seeing me, the brother and sister, but you're forgetting, you're looking everywhere except where? God. Oh. Amen. That's an area that we need to touch. Now, cultivating a relationship is when you invest time, communication, commitment, and authenticity. Help me, my wife. What's the word again? Thank you. I have a hard time pronouncing that word. Okay. When you invest time, communication, commitment, and authenticity. Amen. Thank you. All right. Time is very important. Time is the currency of life. Whatever you give time to, that will be your result. That will be your turnaround investment, right? So if you spend eight hours of your life doing absolutely nothing, that you shouldn't be expecting what? Nothing. nothing. But if you, in, if you invest eight hours of your time giving it to someone or to a job, you expect back what? A paycheck. You just don't show up on Friday just to show up. You show up because you know you ain't paid. And if you don't show up, it's because you probably ain't going to get paid. Amen? So, time is, is valuable to, uh, to the production of the way that we do life. Whatever you give time to, that will be the end result of things. So, uh, many of us don't invest our time wisely, especially when it comes down to relationship. We only invest wherever we feel secure. For example, many of us started dating who currently is our wife or our husband. But through the years, we have lost sight of the investment that we did because we got comfortable. Not knowing that we can lose our investment because we're not putting into our investment. Who wants to be in a relationship that no one gives time to? 
That's the same attitude we have with God. Well, God understands. Hallelujah. I pray back. I'll talk to you tomorrow because I'm very tired, Lord. Amen. We'll go to bed. Then we expect God to solve our problems. And God is saying, who? Who are you? That's not the attitude that God wants to take. But sometimes he has to take that attitude because we ourselves try to manage God based on what we think are priorities. Now, we give time to everything else except who? God. But then we want to turn around and make judgments based on God not knowing him. How can you make a judgment on something that you don't know? How can you make a judgment? You remember when people used to talk about you? And the first thing that used to come to your mind, they don't know me. Because they never spent time with you, right? But the moment they started spending time with you, they change the mindset or the concept that they have based on you, right? Am I right or wrong? Amen? So now they say, oh, Pastor Jose, he's cool. But before, I wasn't cool. You, you get what I'm saying? But time has to do with cultivating a relationship. Second, communication. Communication is very important. When you don't communicate, you don't have an understanding. Sometimes, we don't communicate with people or with God, and then we get frustrated or upset when we don't get back what we thought we were going to get back. Well, in reality, how can I get something back that I'm expecting to get if I didn't communicate properly to begin with? You get what I'm saying? And many of us today have taken those same characteristic habits into relationship with God. For example, there was a study done that people who receive us, uh, a study done on people who receive an email or a text 70% of the people that received an email or a text misinterpret what the sender's sending. People get upset because they think or believe that whatever the other person is saying is what they think they're saying when in reality they're not saying that. So there's a big communication gap in society itself to begin with. 70%, 75% of the emails and text messages that are sent, not the sender, the receiver misinterprets what the sender sending. And people get bothered and upset over not understanding what the other person is saying just because they interpreted it differently. So if that's the case, can you imagine your relationship with God? It should be even worse. Because if you're not spending time with God, you don't know him. You don't know how, you don't, you know, the only way that you can know God is by spending time with him. It's not only Bible, it's prayer and other things that come along with it. But if you don't have an idea who God is, you will start confusing what he has said. So he tells you, I'm going to bless you. And halfway through the process, you're now thinking it was in God that told you now. Now you think it's a curse. So now you're becoming your own worst enemy. So it's very important that we as believers develop better communication skills. And how do you build up better communication skills? By communicating. Listening. Oh, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Listening. Goes back to that movie. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? That's Medea. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? That's not Medea. That's what I'm saying. Amen. That was Medea. Amen. Now, now, when we don't listen, okay, when we don't listen, we assume. When we assume, we insinuate. Look at the word insinuate. Sin is in the word insinuate. Insinuate. Insinuate is to think or imagine something that it's not there. Many of you don't accept God's love because you don't imagine yourself being loved by God. So 2,000 years that Jesus Christ died in the cross is not going to go in vain. It's, it's just going to be received by those that want to receive that kind of love. You know what I'm saying? But some of you are struggling with that. With that love of God because you are insinuating that your sin is not redeemable at the cross. It is. There is no sin that can separate you from the love of God. Okay? 
God loves the sinner, not the sin in the sinner. Mm -hmm. And the more you get of God, the more the sin comes out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Amen? Amen. Uh, commitment. Many of us are not committed or have the commitment to stick with the process. So we say, we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, but then our words become invalid because our actions tell otherwise. You hear people all the time, God knows I love him, but I serve him my way. They're telling me that. And I'm like, is there a typo in this book? Because those who know me will follow me, and those that know me will do my works. So God's works is for you to follow the blueprint that he has given you. And one of them is to go to church. And most people I run into, they think that I'm a Bible illiterate. But when they start speaking and say, you know, I, I have church at home. I don't need to go to church. And I said, according to what scripture? Which one? Which one? Want to go to Acts? Because the one who instituted the church was Jesus. Amen. And he wants that in What's well, 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 you know what I mean. No, I don't. But some of you can fall into that because you don't read Bible. So you start thinking all kinds of theories that other people are bringing. And before you know it, you are caught in their spider web of all different mess of theologies that won't get you nowhere. You can build a theory about God and still think that you're right. How many people have killed in the name of God? God told me to do it. The devil told me to do it. You hear that all the time. And people who don't know any better will say, man, why will God make that person kill that person? According to the Bible, the Bible says that in the last day there will be many false prophets. Yes. And they will come upon the face of the earth. How do you know who's a false prophet or not? The Bible says that you are to test the spirit. How can you test the spirit if you don't even know the spirit of God to begin with? Everything of God has to pour out that person for you to understand that that's a person of God. There has to be nine traces of the fruits of the Spirit. Now, I'm not saying that they might have all nine. They're still working on a few. But if somebody means well, there's a trace left behind. Don't tell me that I mean well when I'm smacking him in the dark. And you happen to see that. And you say, well, pastor was having the day. So it gives me the right to smack somebody in the face? You, you get what I'm saying? So we have to match the words with the works. And if there's no words to match up that works, we have to go into the presence of God and pray, is this person from you, Lord? And how do you receive that? By fearing the Lord to begin with. When you respect and you have reverence for God, God starts to pour himself out to you. But when you don't respect God or have reverence for him, like some people have the nerves to even smoke in front of the church. That's crazy. When I was growing up and I was a thug and the church people used to come around the corner, we used to, yo, put that cigarette down. <laughs> Shut up, man. They don't do that anymore. They go, and they blow in your face. Why? Because the church has lost its identity. And the reason why the church has lost its identity, because the church of today, unfortunately, has compromised the word of God. Where they, most people say, well, God understand, well, you know, this is right. No, no. In reality, you cannot justify what's right and wrong. You get what I'm saying? If it's wrong, it's wrong. If it's right, it's right. Now, it doesn't mean just because you're in the wrong that you're always going to be there. No, there, there, there's going to come a time that you're going to get on the right lane. But that depends on you. And it starts with you having a commitment with God. Saying every morning. Every morning I wake up, I say, good morning, Holy Spirit. I want to invite his presence in. Okay? Because I know that my thoughts are all over the place. Especially if I had a good dream. You know those dreams that you don't want to wake up from? Am I the only person that's real in this building? You know those dreams that you like, you at the beach, the sun is hitting you, the, the kids are somewhere far, no one's bothering you, they're serving you, and all of a sudden you have this urgency that you have to go you know where, and that's interrupting the dream, and then you get out, and you come back, and you're like, oh, I wish I had that dream back. So every morning when I get up, I say, good morning, Holy Spirit. And I try to gather my thoughts, and I thank him for the day. I don't go right into prayer, right? Because I don't know what I'm going to say. I just woke up. But I usher his presence by saying, 
Good morning, Holy Spirit. Thank you for this beautiful day. And I get up from the bed, I go wash my face, whatever I got to do. And then when I feel that I know that I'm awoken, then I go and kneel down and pray. And I said, let your will be done. Usher in the presence of God. Many of you are not ushering the presence of God. You're just going straight to the point and you're talking and you're saying so many things and you're not listening to what the Spirit wants to reveal to you. Imagine you being in a relationship and you're in that relationship and the person who's your, your, your wife or your husband dominate the conversation 80 to 90%. Now I know some men in here want to raise their hand. Let me tell you something. You want to say so because we have the best security just in case if something breaks up. Amen. <laughs> but have you ever been in a, rela- uh, in a relationship with someone or talked to someone that 90 or 80% of the time they want to dominate? They don't let you talk? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Am I the only one? They're like, you call them to ask them something. They told you everything and things they, oh yeah, tu sabe. We have to, all you called was to borrow some sugar and they gave you the whole rundown of everything that you didn't ask for, and then they had the nurse say, no, se me acabo la azúcar. <laughs> have you met people like that? Yeah. Amen. So imagine you having that relationship with God, where you're just going in His presence, and you and you want to spend time with Him all the time, you're, and, and God's just saying, what's my time? Amen. So commitment will help you get there, okay? So commitment is you setting boundaries, okay? you saying, okay, I'm going to I'm going to do this and I'm going to stick to it. Okay? Like every morning, have a few pieces of watermelon and some pomegranate juice. Spinach, I don't like. But the older I get, the more I need. And if I don't get that in my system, I can't complain later on in life. You going to say everything's about sacrifice. But I committed to that even though I didn't I don't like doing that. And now it comes to me like second nature. If I don't have it, I'm missing it. You know what I mean? Have you ever gone to the place in your relationship with God where you miss him? Like, man, I, I, I can't wait to go to the chapel. I can't wait to pray. I can't go wait to go to church, man. I, I, can't, I can't wait. What's going on? That, that can't wait is no longer awake because you are falling asleep. You're getting used to the same routine. And you're treating God just like you're treating everything else. What guarantees you that tomorrow will be here to greet you? I live every day with the purpose of wanting to know him more and helping others get there. Now, um, this morning, I, I ran into this gentleman who buys me coffee every morning. So for the last two years, I don't buy coffee in the morning. This is nice gentleman. At, the, at, at this place, I'm not going to mention the place because then y'all going to go there and say, Pastor Jose <laughs> said that you give him free coffee. And just because it's my name, y'all want to take a free-for-all. And nah, I ain't going to say it. So we were talking this morning, and he doesn't allow me to pay for coffee. I could have as much coffee as I want, as many times as I want during the day. But, I, you know, I go in the morning, grab myself a cup of coffee. And during that time, we fellowship, you know, and I try to get the word into him, you know, some ways to get it in there. In there. So this morning, we got into a conversation and he said to me, out of nowhere, he said, yo, we got we got to make this happen. I'm like, make what happen? Me and you, we got to sit down because I need that wisdom. I, 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 need, I need what you got. And I said to him, it starts with God. Amen. Meet me at the church. I'm here always an hour early. Let's, you see, God started working in him in a mysterious way that I wasn't aware but because of the favor of walking in, hey, good morning, how y'all doing? You see, we ourselves become our own enemies when we let our feelings ride the facts and the matter. So just because I'm having a bad day, everybody else is going to radiate that negative energy. And then I want God to clean it up. It don't work that way. God says, trust in me. So that means that even though you're seeing adversity, even though you're having challenges, you're going to have the right attitude. And the right attitude brings the right promotion. And the promotion, you benefit from Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? And you yourself, to a certain degree, have not gotten there because you're not committed. You start one day, and then you drop it off the next day. And then next thing you know, you know, it's like the gym membership. You know, I'm going Wednesday. I'm going Thursday. I'm going Friday. You know what? I just give up. You know, it's not for me. And then we see somebody on the TV that we wish we want to be like them. Why she got to wear that? Why he got to look like that? 
You hating. <laughs> they look like that. They act like that because they're committed. You get what I'm saying? You you hear all these false advertisements on YouTube, on the TV. And in six days, you'll be just like me. You lying. <laughs> you know that's a lie. But you fall for it because you're so vulnerable <laughs> and so naive that even the most trickery of them all can get you. And that's how the enemy does. He comes to steal your faith. The moment you get the word of God, you leave through those doors, you're excited. Instead of saying committed to what you say you were going to do, you lose sight of it. You say, you know, it's good. I'm happy. I'm excited. But I'm going to start praying tomorrow. I'm going to start reading the Bible. Tomorrow will come and you won't do anything. You have to commit yourself. In the morning when I get up and I get in that car, I have the Bible on audio. And I'm hearing it. And even though at the moment it's not making sense to me, it's, it's a forced habit that, that I, the word starts to, to, to play in my mind. And before you know it, by the end of the day, God's giving me the revelation to it. But it's a commitment. Are, are you hearing me, church? It's a commitment and you got to work on that. You got to say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to stick by you, God, no matter what, no matter my circumstances, my house is divided, but I'm going to stick with you, God, because I know that you never lost a battle and you will never lose a battle. And my battle is small in front of your hands and my hands is big, but I'm giving it to you, but I'm going to stay committed to you. I'm going to continue to believe in you. I'm going to continue to declare words even though I don't see them, yes. I'm going to believe that they're happening. Because yes. if you don't, you will never, ever grow in a relationship with God. You will always be subject to whatever the preacher or whatever's going on in the earth. Yes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. 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 So, with that being said, holiness is based on reverence and respect to God. It is the moral integrity and the moral honesty. For example, moral integrity is to love the way God loves and see things the way he sees them. Many of us play a blind eye to things that are going on around us. And God is saying, I'm showing you those things for a reason. Because I want you to pray for that. I want you to be the mediator. I want you to be the difference maker. But we don't want to get involved. We don't want to say anything because we don't want to hear it. We want absolutely no part of it. And God is saying, well, until you don't understand my moral values, you can never understand me. Because, well, how is it that I can bless you and I can't bless others? I'm not a selfish God. I love everyone. I die for everyone, including you. Who are you to tell me who I should bless or who I shouldn't bless? That happened to Jonah. Jonah wanted God to destroy Nineveh. And God said, you go preach my message. He said, no, I'm not going to preach your message. I'm going to go the opposite way. And he went the opposite way. He got on a ship, a storm arose, and all of a sudden, Jonah comes out. He reveals himself. These men said, we don't want no part of you. They throw him off the ship. There comes a big fish. The Bible doesn't say a whale. It says a big fish. So we don't know what kind of fish it was. Okay? Okay? It could have been a shark. Amen? It could have been something that doesn't exist. It's what I'm about. And it says that when he repented, guess where God spit him? Back to where he was supposed You don't want God to spit you back to where you were supposed to be in the first place. That must have been a disgusting feeling. He coming out with seaweed. Coming, <laughs> that, 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 you, you could imagine how Jonah came out. You know, his hair must have been all messed up. You know, because of this fish, all that oil. He coming out. You know, God said, you know, you could have done that. And you could avoid all of that headache. All of that. You, you get what I'm saying? And then on top of that, look at what the Bible says. That he, okay, because of that storm that arose while he was sleeping, these men had to throw all the cargo because they thought that the, that, that was going to sink the ship. And so he comes out. And look at this man. He never even apologized to people that got rid of cargo because of him. How many cargo are you throwing out because of somebody that's in your boat? There are people in your boat that shouldn't be in your boat. And they're falling asleep. And the storm is arising because you don't want to address it. <coughs> oh, I don't want to hear her mouth. I don't want to hear his mouth. That's okay. You're going to continue to hear whether you want to or not. you got to stand up. This is the house of God. Either you get it together or something has to happen. You get what I'm saying? Because you're the high priest. You're the woman that God is speaking to. And sometimes we like to entertain certain behaviors. And those behaviors take over. Amen? And before you know it. We're victims of our own demise. I remember many years ago, my mom used to live in a, uh, 
very famous uh, neighborhood here in Springfield. And a new company came in and, and decided to invest money. They put new windows, they put storm, storm door fences and things like that, right? Within a week, doors were missing, windows were broken, fences were, were taken out from the ground. I mean, so I remember the owner in devastation and his team like, what happened here? You know, back then they didn't have cameras like today. So they got upset. It was about a $100,000 project at the time. It was a lot of money that they invested into uh, taking these project uh, neighborhood housing and bringing them updated and, and cleaning things up and things of that nature. So one morning, one of the guys uh, from the office knocked in our door because our screen door was missing. And he said, uh, you, do you want to tell me what happened to the screen door here? And you know the hoods mentality. I don't know. No, I ain't snitching. Okay. If that door, that, you know, his words, magically disappeared, doesn't magically come back, y'all have 30 days to move out. The door came back with the henches. <laughs> they held people accountable. Uh, are you hearing what I'm saying? When you don't hold people accountable, they're going to do whatever you allow them to do. I'm going to come in my house and you're going to go in my fridge and I'm going to call the apostle to go fix my mess. Apostle's going to say, hey, you crazy? That's your house. You, you fix that mess. You stand up. And sometimes we don't want to stand up because we don't know who we are. We have no identity and we're spiritually cowards. And we're waiting for God to do something that we're supposed to be doing. That's good. I'm just speaking. It's a good message. I'm just speaking the word. Amen? But when you have moral honesty, meaning that you know what's right and what's right needs to take place, you yourself as an individual will stand on God's word. You will take God's word and you will stand on it. And you say, okay, I believe in the moral integrity. I believe in the moral standards. I believe in the moral honesty. So let's do this, God. I'm going to stand on your word and I'm going to do what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm going to take my place. Now, if you're living in a house today that there's all kind of chaos things going, I suggest that you start slow. Why? Because you don't want change to overwhelm the people who live with you. Because all of a sudden, now that you're serving God, now you're holy, now you want things to change. No, you have to also admit where you yourself drop the ball at times. You get what I'm saying? A change happens I mean, it takes time. It, it, it works itself in. Amen? It doesn't happen overnight. So just because you got saved and you fix your accounts with God doesn't mean your problems are going to be shut away and, and they're going to disappear. No, it's going to take time because you're going to own up to some of that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. So, God delights himself in nothing that we do unless we do it in fear. So many of us are doing things. But God is not amused by the things you're doing. He wants to check the attitude of your heart. Because many of us do things, but our hearts are not in it. We just do them so that way we don't hear it. You know, like our kids. Betty limpia el cuarto. Go clean your room. I already did. <laughs> you go to the room and the room is clean, but what got you upset? It wasn't that the womb, it was their what? Why are they having an attitude to begin with? Free shelter? <laughs> Sucking up all our air? Look, kids do that. All, all of these things. And, and, and so imagine us as believers of Christ, okay, we go to God and we say, we already did that. I already did that. I've been praying. I've been fasting. I've been, and God is saying, you haven't been fasting. You haven't been praying because I don't receive none of it because your heart's not in it. You have the wrong attitude. And that's where we have to be careful because when you have respect and reverence to God, you don't act that way. And many of us are acting that way. Not knowing that everything we're doing is doing it in vain because you failed the test. Either your heart's in it or it's not. That's how it works. Now, many of us, that's hard. And I get that because I went through that. So you know what I did to avoid myself some future headaches? I said, Holy Spirit, here I am. Work with me. 
Don't ever ask the Holy Spirit to work with you. That's right. Don't ever ask the Holy Spirit to work with you. Because when you ask the Holy Spirit to work with you, he begins to take out the trash. A lot of it. A lot of it. Start saying it. Lord, help me start working with me first. You don't want God to humble you. Many of us say, God, rompe me, break me. You, you know you're crazy? <laughs> don't tell God to break you. <laughs> you're going to cry after God's done with you. <laughs> I said that once and I took it back for the quickness. <laughs> as soon as he started pulling out my dirt in the public, I said, oh. You know when we were kids and our parents wanted to embarrass us? And we leave in front of Molly. What's up, Molly? Look good. Look at you dirty. You, you. Look at y'all new ones over here. Look, look at your bed. Look at your butter. Look at your snot. Come on. Y'all, y'all parents did that. Mira esta. Se cree que tiene novio. Si supiera la mocosa esta. Am I the only one? That's how I parent. So we don't want God to do that. That's why I never told my I never told my mom that I had girlfriends, you know, because you know. Amen. Now let's go to John chapter three, verse thirty. This is another scripture you should highlight. John chapter three, verse thirty. John. Whoever has it, you can read it all out. Amen. Anyone? John chapter three, verse thirty. Okay, yes. the Apostle John, I mean, I'm sorry, John the Baptist is reiterating, okay, what Jesus was doing, okay? So at that time, John the Baptist became the voice for Jesus, and Jesus was now introducing to the world, write this down, he was introducing to the world the new birth, okay? The new birth. In order for God to live in you like he wants to live, you have to die. Yes. You have to die to your intellect, to your pride. You'd be surprised how many people have this concept. God didn't give me anything. It, it, it's me. I, I get up every morning and I go to work. Let me tell you something. You are awoke and you are uh, walking and, and, and you're living because of God's mercy. Even the most evilest person here on this earth is because of God's mercy that they're living. Because God in one minute could say, that's it. Goodbye. You, you get what I'm saying? So our attitude should be an attitude of gratitude. Gracias Señor por este día. Thank you Lord for this day. Thank you Lord. I don't know everything but I know that you know everything and I want to get to know everything but I want to get to know you. You know, when I, the more I got closer to God, the more passionate I became about people. Because be, before, before I came to God, and even when I was a Christian, I didn't really care about people as much. You know, I, I, I care about people so much now that I tell strangers that I love them, even though it looks awkward and sounds awkward. It, like, out of nature, I was on the phone talking to someone today, and we're in the middle of a conversation. We were so excited. And I, and I said, I love you. And, and, and you, it, was a, it was so awkward. It was like a silent moment. But, but, but it's so normal for me to say I love you even though I don't know you. Before, before, ah, I love you. You're crazy. For my wife to get a I love you to her took a lot. That's how cold I was. For them, my wife to give me a love you out of me, she had a question in my love. She's like, how much you love me? Uh, you really love me for real? If, if you don't, I'm leaving. Oh, I, I do. Just chill, man. We're trying to watch a movie. You know I got to rewind this VHS thing. Oh, that's back. That's back in the day. That's way back. That's blockbuster right there. Hollywood video. Or library. You never return them back. Amen. Okay, so Jesus introduced the new birth. So what happens? When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there has to be a funeral taking place. Automatically, you begin to die. Now, the death that I'm talking about is not a physical death. It's a spiritual death. Okay? 
And God now starts to reign. Reign means to govern. Reign, reign, govern, govern. Now who's in charge? He's in charge. You're under new what? Management. Okay? When you're new, under new management, you don't like changes. Because changes at first are a little uncomfortable. Am I right or wrong? How many of you have switched jobs within the last five years? Don't you hate those changes? <laughs> Everything's in email now. Put it in the code and download it here. And I, I remember when I used to go into work and I used to just punch a card. Now they're just asking for everything. And, and put it here and, and do an email and do a password. You know, my pa I'm going to tell you what my password is because y'all break into my stuff. But I try to keep it simple because there's so much that has changed within the last couple of years. So anyhow, any time that you're under a new management or you're under something, it feels uncomfortable. Remember when you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and you don't want nobody to know that you were going to church? Used to take the Bible and hide it. Hey, I saw you going to church the other day. I saw, oh, you know, toy ahí, toy ahí, 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 tú sabes. There. Because you, you're, you don't want, you don't want them to start judging you. You know what I'm saying? It felt weird. It felt a little awkward. You know what I'm saying? But you know there was something there that was going to change you for the better. No matter how much you try to deny it. So when you give God the right to take control of your life, change begins to take place. Now, the new birth begins to live, begins to take place. So in other words, you don't talk the way you used to talk. You don't act the way you used to act. You don't live the way you used to live. That's going to take some time, okay, to make those changes. But if you've been walking for the last 10 years with God and you still cussing, You've been walking with the same God for the last 10 years and you're still talking and you're still looking the same. Who's the one with the problem? Jesus says, draw on to me and I will draw on to... Now I could show you a picture of me 20 years ago. You look at that picture you'd be like, who's that old man? I really look old. I think it was Erica. She saw a picture from me when I was back in the day and she's like, Pastor, what happened? You look like so cutty, like you, like you were ready to mess somebody. I was full of demons. I, 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 was, I was one of those people that I used to premeditate my attacks. The moment she says something, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. I'm gonna, I, 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 I was already built in in my mind defense tactics that I was like the, the Bruce Lee or the Jackie Chan in the spiritual realm because I, I was ready to attack. The moment he said something to me, you watch. I'm going to remember everything. And I'm even going to talk about his mama just to get him mad. And that's how I was. Am I the only one? How many of you, the pastor has called you and said he want to talk to you. The first thing you, wait, I got something for the pastor. I know he want to come at me with something. And you pre-met you got to die to that. No, I, I'm not saying, I, I, I hope none of y'all feel that way, but sometimes you, you're going to get upset at me. You're going to get angry because you know God is revealing something to me, but you're not understanding the picture. It's for your own good. You, you get what I'm saying? So don't put Vaseline before you come to church. Don't lace up your boots because we ain't fighting naturally. We're going to fight spiritually. You, you get what I'm saying? Uh, are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, man. I, I'm being real. I remember when I was a youth minister. I, I, I called two, two youth, all right, that they, they, they had a situation, and I had to resolve it with wisdom and knowledge. So the parents came to the meeting, and he was like, you know, I came ready. I got a knife. I said, well, what? easy. What's going on? You know, I just got out of jail. They're messing with my son. I said, we're in church. True story. Why? Because people believe that by singing songs and quoting a few scriptures, they know God. God is more than just a few songs and a few scriptures. Amen. God wants it all or nothing at all. You get what I'm saying? There's a fight right now and God wants you completely. There are two people fighting for you right now. The devil and God. And they're fighting for territory. What's that territory? Your mind? 
The devil has you, he'll control you. God has you, God will control you. There's no in-between. That's why when people say, you know, I serve God my way. No, 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 no. There's no in-between. Either you're in or you're out. That's how it works. Sorry to say that. I wish it was like that. Because if it was like that, we'll be getting away with a lot of things. But in reality, it's not like that. Okay? Now, think of it this way. You say, well, pastor, that's a hard commitment, you know, to commit to God, this and that. But you commit to your job. Your boss tell you what time you need to come in. And I know you're talking trash in the break room to your other employee. To the, you know, when he says on to me and he come around the corner, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say, Bob? Why? Because, come on. But when it comes down to God, we don't have that. So we fear men over God? We fear men over God. Let me, let me tell you something. When I stopped fearing men and started fearing God, God gave me favor with men. Every time that my boss come around the corner and he's sneaking, he always catch me doing something. Because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But be, before, when I was a lukewarm Christian, I, w- I was fighting and calling my boss the devil. He the devil. He a thorn in my side. He, he. And God is saying, that's the one I want you to win. That's not the devil. It's those demons there inside of him that you need to be casting out. But how are you going to cast out demons if you don't even casting the ones you got? Preaching to the choir? Are you hearing what I'm saying? But you receive authority. You receive identity when you draw closer to God. The more you draw closer to him, the less of you is effective. So you wake up every morning with purpose, with destiny. You just don't wake up just to wake up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know that your life serves a purpose, that everything that you do has to mean something. Are you hearing me, church? Yes. Give God a round of applause. Amen. Second of Corinthians chapter 3, verse uh, 18. That's the last scripture of tonight. Second of Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Now, this is proven. It can happen. 21 days, 3 weeks, you can develop a new habit. 2nd of Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. Whoever has it, you can read it out loud. Look at what the Apostle Paul says to the church in Corinth. But we we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Okay, now, many of you are saying, yeah, Pastor, I get that, but that was back in the days and you know, people were so holy. Let me tell you something about the city of Corinth. The city of Corinth at the time, had so much worldly things going on. They had sexual immorality going on. They had men sleeping with men, women sleeping with women. It was no different than today. There was sin, there was murder, there was all kinds of things. There was brothel houses, there was prostitution, you name it. And in the midst of all that commotion, God sent some men to build the church in there. And now the people who are in that church... They're questioning, is, it, is, is there any way possible that they can change? And look at what the Apostle Paul says to them. And we're going to reread that. Let's look at 2nd of Corinthians, again, chapter 3, verse 18. Look, look at what it says. Amen. Okay, make sure I got it here. I read or you read? You can read it out loud, hon. The Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Okay, so you're drawing from what well? (laughs) You're drawing from his well, which is his Spirit. Okay, if you don't get close enough to God, you will never taste him. Some of you are, are satisfied with crumbs. I'm not a dog. Like my dog, we eating at the table. He just waiting there patiently for something to fall down while we devouring our plates. Sometimes we we are like that when it comes to God. We're like waiting for something. No, he wants you to sit in the table, brother. Yes. He wants you to eat with him. You, you get what I'm saying? And and God is saying, the more you eat of me, the less of you you become, and the more of you you become. It, it goes back to that saying: you are what you eat. You are what you eat. 
And many of us are not eating from God because we're afraid of what we might be consuming that it might overtake us. It's only for the best. I mean, by now, you have seen that life has nothing better to offer than what God has to. Because if, if, if life has something better to offer you than what God has to, then why are you here? You're here because you know that there's a void. There's a void. You can't explain what that void is, but I guarantee you when you come to church, you feel good, right? You'd be like, dang, man, I wish I feel like that every day. So there's a void. So you recognize there, there's something in here that, that, that's in need of something. Let me tell you something. You could have God every day. Not only on Wednesdays and Sundays. You could, God, you could have God every day, but it's up to you if you desire that. Now, as you have more of God, you begin to change. Okay? People look at you different. They'll be like, dang, man, why? you lost some weight? You got a hair plan, trust plan going on? You, you got this, you got what, what, what's going on with you? No, it's God in me. You see, the people out there that don't want to accept God have tapped into something that they believe is greater than God. And it's them finding themselves. And in reality, when they find themselves, it's time for them to go. Imagine your whole life going around in circles, getting nowhere. And God says, if you come with me, not only you will go from glory, you'll go from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. Yes. Next year, I'm going to look better than this year. And the following year, and the year after that, and the year after that, the year after that, the year after that, the year after that. I'm going to accomplish more and 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 more. Why? Because there's so much inside of me that God wants to bring out of me. But the more I get closer to him, the more you start to see that. Yes. Amen. Imagine if y'all came here, right? And, I, and I, I'm the pastor of this church. And I'm the total opposite of what I preach. I'm grumpy. I'm <laughs> Forget him. You come here because you're seeing something. Okay? The glory goes to God. But if God dealt with me, God could deal with you too. You get what I'm saying? God is not limited to one person. Or one group of people. God is open to everyone. So we must understand that what God is looking from us is that <laughs> commitment. To get committed. How many of you are going to take the challenge and come here Friday night? We're going to be here praying. We're going to. You see that right there, it's a commitment. I know some of you can't for various reasons. But what I'm saying is sometimes in life to get to where you want to get, you have to sacrifice a little. Amen. We look at some of the greatest inventors. We look at some of the wealthiest people on the planet Earth or the people that have passed. And we say, how did they make it? How did they get there? They're going to tell you, do you have a couple minutes to sit down and listen to what I have to say? You, you, you see the glory, but you don't know the story. It took Abraham Lincoln 14 times to become president of the United States to only last three years and get shot and die. But he made, a, he made an impact. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, some of you are like, hey, I would have gave up about the second time. No, because when you're determined, you know that your number's coming up. But when you're not determined, you'll just linger and go absolutely nowhere. How many people you know that you went to school with were clowns and still clowns? And you say to yourself, you're 40. Grow up. For real? You on Facebook lying? You still, you still, and you're, you're right. Am I the only one that you see those people in your life? Te da vergüenza, te da pena por ello. Say, por favor, señor, let me just pay him so he can get it together. Because you think that way. The, the reason why you think that way is because you have tapped into life and you say, it's time to grow up. It's time to mature. There, there, there was a place in time in your life that took place that it allowed you to open up and look at life from a different perspective point of view where life now makes sense. But there's people that are your age that went to school with you or grew up with you. They're still stuck the same way. And you know that's sad. You say to yourself, but they don't see it. Why? Because they accepted their flaws as a reality. I'm never going to go anywhere. I was born to do this. My father was a drug addict. I'm going to be a drug addict. 
my, my, my sister was no good, I'm not no good, and, and they keep re-bringing and reoccurring and reliving what? Past. Things that have passed. When you give yourself to God completely, you will tap into his glory. When you tap into his glory, you don't want to get out of it. You want more. You want more. You want more. Now, I'm looking at y'all right now, and all of y'all glowing to me. Amen. Like, change is really, I like, I, y'all glowing, for real. I know probably somebody hasn't told you that, but I'm going to tell you that. Y'all glowing. Y'all look like, that's a good thing. I Keep glowing. Top of my head. Keep the light going. Keep putting more oil. More oil. Don't let, don't let that land stand shut down. Keep, keep, no matter what comes your way, no matter how much the wind blows. You know what? I'm a child of God. I'm going to do better. I'm going places. No, I'm, I'm not. I don't care what I did in the past. I don't care. I'm moving forward. I, I'm, I, it starts today. You, you get what I'm saying? Get used to the new me. Amen. I remember when I fell to a slum, and I close with this. I fell in a slum. <laughs> me and Pastor Millie had gotten together. I was depressed. We, we were going through a lot, and I just fell on a, on, on a slum. I didn't care much about life. I didn't want to dress. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to do absolutely anything. I was stuck there for a couple of years. And all of a sudden, when I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into my life again, and I reconcil- uh, reconciled with him again, and I began to change, everything around me began to change. And, and I remember that everyone around me started saying, it was about time. It was about time. It was about time. I was a little upset when we were saying that. But then I understood that they saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And when that me came out, they were just reconfirming who I was supposed to be. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when you hear people say, it's about time. It was about time you changed. Thank you, Jesus, for using the devil to speak. Don't don't say that. You don't want to offend the person that's saying it. You don't want to offend the person that's saying you. You just mumble it. What you said? Nothing. Amen.